This is the Activate Podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom. In this week's podcast, if you will consistently do something every day, whether it's eating healthier, working out, doing your homework, reading a book, um, or trying trying to allow the seeds that God has planted to grow spiritually, just do it every day. Thanks for listening, everyone. This is Brandon, and welcome to the Activate Podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom, a ministry of Journey Church International. Today, I will be having a conversation with Pastor Christian about his recent message from our summer series entitled The Parables of Jesus. In this series, we're looking closer at 12 parables Jesus taught while he walked on this earth. And this week, we are discussing the parable of the wheat and the weeds found in Matthew chapter 13, verses 24 through 30. Pastor Christian, thanks for sharing with us again on the podcast. Uh, before we jump into the uh, to the bulk of the podcast today, um, when we release this episode, we will have just returned from our student camp in Panama City Beach, Florida. Uh, I think this year we're taking like 250 plus leaders and students to camp. And I know for you personally, this is one of your favorite times of the year. Why is it so important for us as parents to allow our middle school and high school children, uh, young adults, to experience a summer youth camp? So when I was in high school, one of my one of my favorite verses, uh, you know, before I really understood that Christianity and following Jesus was really a response and a reaction to what Jesus had done for us, more you know, more than a. Um, Again, more than a partnership of if if I do, I will get. Um, you know, I, I had a mentality of uh, if I if I live for God, if I memorize verses, if I read my Bible, if I pray, God's got to bless me, and I I would do those before critical times. So one of my athletic verses um, that I kept actually printed it out and had it in in the top of my helmet. Um, I would write it on my shoes in basketball. I would keep it in my baseball bag. Was Psalm forty six, God is our refuge and strength and ever present help in trouble. Therefore, don't fear that that was a that was a verse for years that before I ever played a football game, play, you know, played a basketball game, uh, played a baseball game. I, you know, I, I, I've always had nervous anxiety, um, you know, bef- before I would go and compete. So th- that verse just kind of calmed my mind. Right. God is our refuge and strength. He's an ever present help in trouble. So therefore, don't fear. And I would just remind myself, listen, God, you know, God fights for us. Now, uh, I wish someone would have told me then God, God is, you know. He loves you and stuff, but he's probably, he probably doesn't care who wins this football game. God loves you and stuff, but a strikeout might actually teach you a whole lot more than a home run. God loves you. Um, but he never did help me learn how to shoot a basketball, um, very well. So, you know, probably misguided theology, but my heart was in the right place trying to lean on God in times of, uh, in, in times of nervous anxiety. But I didn't learn until much later in life. That the real kind of what I would call the crown jewel of Psalm 46 is not God is our refuge and strength and ever present help in trouble. So don't fear. It's down in verse 10 when God says, be still, be still so that you can know that I'm God. It, it was later in life, well after I'd stopped competing and I'd taken that verse out of my helmet and off my shoes and out of my baseball bag that I realized to know God is God. You have to stop. You got to be still, be still. And you can know that I'm God. And in a, in a culture where kids and families never stop, I think probably one of the most valuable aspects of youth camp is not the beach, is not the preaching, is not the worship, certainly not the food. 
Um, it's not the, uh, it's not the cabins that we stay in. It's, it's not even being away from family. It's not being with friends. It's stopping. It's stopping everyday life enough practices, work, school, homework, babysitting, cleaning your room or not cleaning your room. It's stopping normal life enough to just know God. And I have seen Psalm 4610 be so true in every youth camp that I've experienced. If you will be still, if you will slow down, if you will stop for leaders and students alike, you get to, you get to know more about God. Um, and when anytime you're in what I would call re- a revival climate, you know, those those mountaintop moments are meant to get you through the next valley and to the next mountaintop. You know, you, you don't stay there forever. Um, but those those revival climates, they serve a purpose and they motivate you long beyond the week that you took part of. And, and some of them plant seeds that grow for the rest of your life. But most of it, you know, I, I, w- I would tell parents the most valuable part of youth camp is allowing your kids to stop their life to focus on God for 24 hours a day for four or five days. Uh, because if, if they will be still, they will know there's a God and that God will impact them deeply. Mm. Well, we're anticipating some tremendous life change stories to happen because of camp. So, and thank you for that reminder. Well, let's talk about the parable of Jesus from Matthew chapter 13, um, that, um, you titled your message, the wheat and the weeds. We've, we've, that maybe even be a title in your Bible, the wheat, the wheats, and, the wheat and the weed. It, it's the like driving from Kansas into Colorado. The wheat. <laughs> there you go. It is. And That's the very much like You can it. see it geographically yeah. in your head. Yeah. Keep going. It has nothing to do with That's the podcast right. or message. That's just what I thought as, as you said that. Go ahead. Well, we talked last week that in these parables, Jesus draws comparisons, right, between mm-hmm. the physical and, and a spiritual reality. Um, in this one, it's the wheat field and the kingdom of heaven. Um, this parable has a lot to do with farming. In fact, you mentioned that every time God is at work in our lives, so is the enemy. Or stated another way, both God and Satan work by sowing seeds in our lives. What have you discovered as the best filter to help distinguish between the seeds planted by God and the seeds planted by the enemy? So I'm, I'm going to correct one line you just said, just so yeah. we, don't, we don't plagiarize. That's all right. Okay, you said you mentioned... That every time God is at work in our life, so is the enemy. I did not mention that. Jesus mentioned that. Very good. I quoted him. Jesus Jesus was the one who said, in case you say, I don't know if I believe you, Pastor Christian. You don't have to believe me. <laughs> Jesus Better said. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Jesus said, every time God is sowing seed in your life, so is the enemy. Jesus said that. Um, what is the best filter to distinguish between the seeds planted by God and the seeds planted by the enemy? Well, if we go back to Matthew chapter 13, really the only way to distinguish between the wheat and the tares, the wheat and the weeds, is by the presence or the lack of fruit. Uh, you know, wheat and, and tares, we call them weeds in the New International Version that we preach from at our church. New King James Version says tares. Probably a, a better translation from the original Greek is tare. Wheat, wheat and tares are almost identical. As a matter of fact, they look the exact same. The thing that separates wheat from tares is when you take a a stalk of wheat and break it in two, there are wheat kernels that you can grind to get powder to make bread eventually. And when you break open the tares, there's, there's nothing there. So the difference between wheat and tares is, is, is emptiness. 
or fullness. Um, in our message, we talked about being able to distinguish growth uh, through either character or impact. So when I look at, you know, how do I, how do I know if someone is really growing spiritually? How do, how do I know what's real, what's not real? Um, how do I know what seeds God is planting, what seeds the enemy is planting? I always ask this question. If it leads to love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control, that is a seed planted by the Spirit of God according to Galatians 5. So what helps me distinguish what's good is the character trait that comes out of it. What also helps me distinguish what is good is the impact that comes out of it. If it blesses someone else, if it helps someone else, if it's for the benefit of someone else, if it's expanding the kingdom of God in someone's life or in your community or in your world, that is something that the Spirit of God does because the Spirit of God is always at work building His kingdom. So if I'm looking at the distinguish, the distinguishing feats, I, I got to look at the head of the grain and I have to say, is it full of anything? Or is it empty? And if it is full of spiritual fruit, if it is full of spiritual impact because of the use of spiritual gifts in our life, then then these are seeds that have been planted by God through the Holy Spirit into your life for the internal, external, eternal kingdom of God to go back to what we talked about last week a little bit. I think the point of this parable really has two two actions, I think, that you pointed out from, from Sunday. The first key action is that we need to water the wheat. Um, there's potentially two thoughts here. Um, as I, as I process this pastor Christian, we need to water the wheat in our own lives. And then we need to water the wheat in the lives of others. Um, do any of the teachings or any of the other teachings of Jesus teach us how to water the wheat in our own lives and the lives of others? And if so, what, what are they? Well, yeah. So in first Timothy chapter four, Paul tells young Timothy that physical training has some, has some value value. for your life, Mm -hmm. but spiritual training, training in godliness has value for all things. So if we, if we just, if, if we, if we parable those, if we lay those two out beside each other and said, what can, what can we learn from physical training about spiritual training? If you go to the gym once a week, you're not going to get very strong. Nope. (laughs) If we look at physical fitness and spiritual fitness, if you eat one healthy meal a week, you're not going to get very strong. Um, if you if you do homework once a week, you're probably not going to get very good grades. Uh, if you're if you're married to someone uh, or dating someone who you speak to once a week, you're probably not going to have much much depth in that relationship. And I think the thing that that waters the seeds that God has planted in our life more than anything is just daily consistent time with Jesus. Whether, whether it's in prayer, whether it's in meditation, whether it's in Bible reading, whether it's in a small group, whether it's sitting in church, whether it's listening to Christian radio, whether it's listening to wor- a, a worship music or a worship channel, um, you know, on Spotify, it's, it's daily consistent time with Jesus over and over again to the point of habit that just waters the seeds in your life. And and allows those seeds that God has planted to really grow. So if people say, you know, man, I, I want to do I, I want to do one thing that that helps me spiritually. What should I do? I, I would say this. I don't care what you do. Just do it every day. Pick one and do it every day. I, I, I just want to pray. Great. Do it every day. I want to start reading my Bible. Great. Do it every day. Uh, I want to start meditating on a verse of scripture. Good. Do it every day. 
I want to start listening to worship music. Do it every day. Like just if you will consistently do something every day, whether it's eating healthier, working out, doing your homework, reading a book, um, or trying trying to allow the seeds that God has planted to grow spiritually, just do it every day. Uh, and if we want to plant uh, or if we want to water seeds in the lives of others, we'll talk a little bit later about protecting but if we want to water seeds in the lives of others, uh, I would say first, you got to live in a relationship. You got to know the people. You got to know what seeds God has planted. And then you water seeds in people like you water seeds in your yard. You have to be very intentional. You have to know where they are. You have to know what they are. You have to know what time is best to water them. Um, and just like if you want to see a beautiful flower grow, you are every day, you know, in the morning and in the evening, you're going to go fill up a water jug and you're going to intentionally pour water into that. Um, if, if you want to help, if you want to help somebody, um, learn something spiritually, if you want to help somebody stop smoking, if you want to help somebody develop a good habit or stop a bad habit, uh, you have to every day pour into that area of their life very intentionally and try to do it at the same time. So get to work five minutes early every day and pour into an area that you're that you're hoping to develop. Um, stay after work a little bit and pour into an area that you're trying to help eliminate. Just be super intentional. Pick one area and just every day faithfully at the same time pour into that. Encourage, hold accountable, um, cheer when things go bad, comfort when things go wrong. Just be there same time, same place every day, same issue um, until you see it come to life and then pick another seed and start watering that one. That's so practical. Uh, Pastor Christian, let's talk about the second key action step that uh, we need to uh, that we need to have in our life, and that is to protect the promise. Uh, Matthew 13, verse 25 states, but while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. You know, as I read that again this week, I found it interesting to note that in this parable, Jesus states that everyone was sleeping. Um, I never caught that before. Is there a message within the parable of a, uh, in, within this parable of accountability and the importance of community? In, in other words, do we have the responsibility of helping protect the promise in others? So I would say this: Do we ultimately have the responsibility? For anyone spiritually, uh, no. I mean, parents have a strong responsibility to pour things into their children spiritually, but uh, ultimately, I, I don't think we're going to stand before God and God is going to say, I don't want to talk about your life, I want to talk about Ben's. Um, so let's talk about where you failed him. We ultimately all are accountable for ourselves spiritually and our relationship with with Jesus. But but do we have um, do we have a command? Do we have um, a challenge to protect uh, the promise in others? There's, there's no doubt about it. Do we, um, are we charged with, with having our eyes and our hearts open to love other people? Um, absolutely. And Jesus even challenged his disciples when, when he needed someone to pray with him. His yes. disciples kept falling asleep, and he's like, man, can't you stay awake to help me? I feel like there's a lot of people that I've seen in 20 years of ministry who, if they could have an honest spiritual conversation with somebody, whether it be a husband or wife, a kid's parents, they would want to say their, to their parents, man, couldn't you like stay awake spiritually long enough to help me? As a matter of fact, I've, I've had kids go through my student ministry who are now in their late thirties, um, who, who are struggling in a relationship with their parents because their parents 
their parents did not watch what was happening. They did not stay awake. They did not stay alert. And they were like, man, I was 13. I was 15. I was 16. And no one would like I was a kid and no one was paying attention. Uh, and, and in this parable, we don't hear the farmer rebuked because he went to bed. We do hear Satan likes to work when people aren't paying attention. Right. So it's not the farmer that's rebuked as much as Satan is exposed. So we don't hear parents never go to sleep. We do hear this parents while you're not watching, Satan's going to sneak in. We, we don't hear um, husbands and wives don't ever go to sleep. We do hear while you're looking the other way, Satan is going to work. We, we, we are warned without being chastised. We are warned. If you look away long enough, Satan is going to work. So you, like, so you have to know that. And I think what we have to realize as parents and with spiritual friends, um, we can't see things and not react and not do anything. And at the same time, we can't ignore things, especially when God is moving, because we don't know. We can't know every time that Satan is planting seeds. However, we can know two times he plants seeds. When God plants, he plants. So when God is moving, Satan is moving. Like we like that is a biblical truth. So I don't know every time Satan moves. You're right. But we do know one time he moves. When God moves, he moves. We also know another time he moves. When you're looking away, when you're not paying attention, when you're sleeping, Satan is moving. So if we can learn to be aware of those things, uh, it's not that we're ultimately going to be responsible, but I think I think we have an opportunity. We have an opportunity to cut the en- enemy off at the pass if we know where he's coming, when he's coming, and we just have more awareness to guard those times in in the life of our kids. It's interesting how many kids we watch drift spiritually and we're able to go back later in life and realize that was also when their parents were struggling the most at work and they just didn't have a lot of attention left to give their kids. Satan realized not that they were being inattentive, but that they were so focused on something else that he could sneak in the back door and do something. Um, and those, those are the times we have to guard against not a responsibility that 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 one day we stand accountable to God for, but certainly an opportunity where we can help somebody else get ready to stand before God uh, one day in their life. That's really good. Well, last question for today, and let me set it up just a little bit. You know, uh, my family used to live in Florida for 10 years, and we'd visit the beach. We'd visit it often, and we knew that whenever we visited the beach, we had to uh, protect our lunch from the seagulls because the seagulls hover and they're always looking for an opportunity to steal a quick bite. You know, in your in your message, you made a great comparison to Abraham driving the birds of prey away in Genesis chapter 15. And then the birds devouring the seed found in the parable of the soils found in, in Matthew chapter 13. In, in both passages, the birds needed to be driven away. Um, you mentioned several spiritual birds of prey in your message that we need to protect our faith from. Some of those are old routines, old relationships, old religious arguments, old comfort, uh, comfortable levels um, of faith, uh, etc. So from your experience in ministry, which of these spiritual birds of prey has the greatest potential of preventing the seeds of faith to ever take root and produce abundant fruit? So that's a, that's a really good question. And as I just review again, those seven birds of prey, none of, none of them, um, none of them is like a, a, a JV enemy spiritually. I mean, they all, all of them, 
if ignored, will steal your lunch <laughs> and they will fly away. Yeah. Like ev- everyone, there's, there's not one bird here that can't pick up a seed and carry it away. There's not one. But if I were, if I were just to look at this list, I mean, for, for me and my experience and me and my experience is not the whole world and, and their experience. Scripture is laid out and list all these because it's so, it's so much, you know, wiser than me because it comes from above. But if you, if you were to ask me probably, and I mean, I'm looking at these now while I'm, while I'm talking, probably old relationships give you almost no chance. I mean, first Corinthians 15, 33 says bad company corrupts good character. Uh, it's almost impossible to change your spiritual future without changing your friends. If you have friends who do not build your spiritual future, it's almost impossible. It's impossible to hang on to Jesus with both hands. If you don't let go of negative relationships with one hand, I mean, it, that's just really, really hard. And then I think the other one would be old levels of comfortable faith, a, a, a complacency in, in like, listen, this is I, like, I just want to go to heaven, right? I mean, it's not, this is not really about Jesus having more of me or me having more of him. This is, this is spiritual fire insurance. This is, um, this is a security deposit for eternity. And I, and I don't need to do anything more. I think old levels of comfortable faith are dangerous, just like they would be in any relationship. I mean, when you decide, I've had enough dates with my wife, I think I'm good. It's going gonna, it's gonna to start backing up spiritually. When you think, I think I've poured enough into my kids, I'm good. That's not going to go. And when you think, I, I, you know, I'm good with Jesus. I don't think I need to go deeper. You you will not stay. You like you will back up. We had a quote in the first week of our series from John MacArthur. You either grow or you regress, but you don't stand the same. And and it and it is your habits and your outlook and your perspective that shapes that. So I I think old levels of comfortable faith, not having a desire. I mean, the Apostle Paul had to be one of the greatest Christians in the history of the world. He had just unbelievable experiences with Jesus. And and we find him in Philippians 3.10 saying, like, I want to know Jesus. I've got this hunger. We talked about hunger in the first podcast of this series. I've got this hunger. When the hunger goes away and you push away from the spiritual table and you think, "Ah, I I think I'm good. That is dangerous. So so for me, I mean, none of them are safe. All of them will steal your lunch. But old levels of comfortable faith where Jesus speaks to you about, here's what's next. And you think, I'm good. And old relationships that are always pulling you back and you think I can go I can go forward with Jesus and keep going backward to him or her or them at the same time it just doesn't work that way I, I think those are two we absolutely have to be aware of and we have to put lots of intentional thought and effort into in, into driving away those birds of prey Pastor Christian again that's extremely challenging and I know it's causing people to think right now do I have those old relationships that I'm still clinging on to that's preventing me from moving forward in my relationship with Jesus and um, and, and am I comfortable in my faith right now that's um, that I've caught myself even drifting so Pastor Christian thank you for watering the seeds of faith today and teaching us to protect ourselves our family and our friends from Um, what seems to be some really intentional schemes of the enemy. It's so important for all of us. And thank you for listening today from wherever you are at and whatever you're doing. And we pray that this has been a valuable resource for you and your spiritual journey. 
We really do look forward to catching you next time on the Activate Podcast, where we challenge you to build a faith that is active. Thank you for listening to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. If you are ever in the Kansas City area, we would love for you to join us for one of our Sunday worship experiences. You can find out more information about JCI on our website at takethejourney.cc. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please show your support by subscribing, rating, and reviewing on iTunes or Google Play. We would love for you to help us get the word out about this resource. Don't forget to share this episode with all your friends on social media. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time on the Activate Podcast.